Good evening and welcome back. This is, of course, the Kyber Pass podcast where we talk to musicians that have played at the Kyber Pass Cafe Thursday night series. I'm your host, Paul Metzger. This podcast is brought to you, as always, by the Kyber Pass Cafe. Voted number one restaurant in the Twin Cities. Featuring authentic Afghan cuisine. A vibrant menu featuring lamb. Chicken. Vegetarian options. On and on. A favorite of many is the Chapan kebab, which is organic lamb chops marinated in a blend of fresh herbs and spices. Grilled to perfection, served with salad, basmati rice, spinach, and lentils. This episode, we talk to bassist Sam Worthington, who was 33 and a third percent of the concert. A tribute to Henry Grimes. Three bass players Adam Lentz. Sam Worthington, Charlie Lincoln. I have a short clip of one of Worthington's solo performances from the night, followed by the interview, I hope. You find it interesting and insightful. Let's move into it.
thank you, Sam, for sitting down for the show that you have this evening, which is a uh, power trio of upright bass players. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll kind of get back to that in a minute because it's a unique uh, proposal. Uh, And I'm real excited for it. Uh, But we're here before the show and... May, yeah, maybe tell me a little bit about the origins of of this idea, like how it sort of formulated and what what the expectations are you well, have. Well, I think this is a product of Adam Lenz's imagination, mm-hmm. who was a teacher of me, mm-hmm. um, real young, um, and Charlie Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this with Adam about six months ago, and it was a big success. At, at what venue? Kyber, right okay. here. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was out of town. Yeah, and that was that was a success. Um, how do you, how do you measure success on something like that? Like you like it went well, mm-hmm. but what what do you look for for something to go well? What is, as what a is performer, that like? as a performer, yeah, yeah. Like if you're saying that, like what? Well, it's pretty clear for me. It's it's like am I experience experiencing freedom? Or am I um, enclosed and critical and shut down? And is the performance sort of a judgmental blackout? Oh fuck off! Like, that's like that's brutal. Those are like the two. <laughs> those are like the. And I would say maybe there, there's some mixed. Mm-hmm. There's some mixed episodes or some mixed performances, but I would say um, I'm the type of musician to where I'm. Given a number of factors, I'm I'm experiencing either one of those. I see, like yeah. total freedom or get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Yeah, Pardon yeah. My language. No, you, that's uh, that's all <laughs> that's all good. So the that was a duo. Yeah. Well, actually, right we, at we, the time or no? We didn't play together. We just oh. played solo sets. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then this evening, how is that gonna? Is that? It sounds like it might be building on that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do individual solo sets, then we're gonna come together for a trio. Uh huh. Yeah. And this is all in related to uh, Henry Grimes, right? Yeah. He's the source. So, tell me about that cat and what what he means. Well, he's so because I'm coming from zero. Sure, I mean he's one of three bass players that I go to for like foundational post 1950s sound okay. technique feel approach it's Henry Grimes Sam Jones and Wilbur Ware and um, a lot of guys go Ron Carter Ray Brown Paul Chambers but Linz and me are of the school kind Henry Grimes Sam yeah. Jones Wilbur Ware but of those three Grimes was Grimes was fascinating because he could navigate both the the free improvised world and play trio with Sonny Rollins, be first call for Sonny Rollins. Yeah. So he has like that exhilarating flexibility. Mm-hmm. And um, through Lens, I got exposed to his records early on. Mm-hmm. Both sides of the coin, as like Formanek might put it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rollins stuff, the Don Cherry stuff, the Albert Eiler stuff, mm-hmm. the Chet Baker stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he sits, for me, he sits, 
he's the, probably the apex mm -hmm. of that type of bass. But him, Reggie Workman, mm -hmm. probably the apex mm -hmm. of that type of bass. So he's a cat that 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 can step into a standard and really be inside that, or equally play free. Yeah, or, in a free context, sure. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that is unusual. Sure, those records with um, with Eiler and mm -hmm. Conquistador. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's one Cecil of your Taylor, he's yeah. one of your main. I think cats. he did it. I mean, but that's the norm nowadays. Like, what do you mean norm? Con, like? I think contemporary guys who want to be at the top. Um. They 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 have to do that. Guys like um, Formanac, Anthony Cox. Uh huh. Uh, Mark Elias, um, Bob Hurst, mm -hmm. guys in the so they're do but Hen I think Henry was the first to do that. Okay, My so right now correct. it might be sort of a little more common yeah, for someone to have. We a, might be living in his world, Paul. Yeah, I dig it. You know man. what I mean? I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> As bass players, we yeah. we means bass I players. I dig. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We might be living in his world. Uh -huh. and Richard Davis and uh -huh. Henry Grimes yeah. yeah so you're you're like you seem so like steeped in the bass like the instrument sure yeah so what what is that like like is there something about the physicality of it is there are there things about what it can do and where it can go tell me about what the instrument is what you're responding to that makes you crazy for that thing? The sound, the tone, mm -hmm. the physicality that's required to produce the tone. Mm -hmm. um, it's a struggle most people lose against the instrument. Yeah. I have an interesting theory. This is kind of weird and yeah, slightly... Yeah. That's um, perfect. Okay. might be controversial because we're talking race. All but right. um, I look at jazz history and I... And there's always a tension, racial tension. Sure. Um, and, um, but the one instrument, I have this theory, man. All right. Uh, the one instrument where there seems to be a more, less cynicism on the part of African-American musicians and audience towards white musicians, the one instrument is, is I, if I can calculate it, has always been bass. Mm. It always seems that, like, if it was Charlie Hayden, yeah. Arnett Coleman... Mm -hmm. Contact Scott LaFaro being mm -hmm. accepted, and those are the two cats Hop, I think of. And Hot playing with with um, Dexter Gordon, okay. Gary Peacock with Albert Eiler, ah. Dave Holland. With, like there's just there's something about the bass where um, it seems white musicians have been able to to um, at least like show up and support. And I think here's my theory: um, it's because it's so hard. And it takes so much sacrifice, mm -hmm. and it's a supportive role. Yeah. And we're there to make you sound better. Yeah. We're there. We got your back. Yeah. Um, we're there for you, and we're and we're sacrificing our bodies for you. Yeah. And I think white musicians who take on the bass uh -huh. can kind of, if, if they show that humility to the instrument and to yeah. the tradition, yeah, they'll be accepted. I, I think it's harder for drummers. It's hard, harder for saxophones. There's more racial tension. Yeah. That's my theory. I, I might think, get grilled for that. I, well. There's nothing wrong with being grilled. Yeah. Doesn't. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I think you can stand behind it. it. It's it. The idea is interesting. You know, of when you say it, I think well, it's obviously a truth that white 
bass players in the jazz idiom, man, they're they're right there. They're right at the mm-hmm. same level mm-hmm. as as African American players, mm-hmm. and and then you take it to that other area. That's interesting. Well, I think they're the bass players are accepted more mm-hmm. because the instrument is so hard. Yeah. And because it's a supporting instrument. Uh-huh. And because you show up to play bass for a set, you're sacrificing yourself for yeah. the band. That I think is that's true. different. Yeah. That's the that's the difference between a white drummer mm-hmm. showing up and flipping and fucking around on people yeah. or a white trumpeter or a white pianist uh-huh. sitting down with his napkin and wiping off the You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a nice napkin. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's that di- I mean, okay. I might get fried for this, but and this is, and of course, all in, in debt to the black bass player Jimmy Blanton and um, Oscar Pettiford and all the, the source of all this stuff. But, but I think there, like, there might be a thing there. I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> and this may not be the best time in history right. to uh, try to sort it out. To, to make that, it, make that, uh, that <laughs> hypothesis. Yeah, because we're in uh, hypersensitive times. Yeah, I think that's we're, okay. Where where language and ideas get really looked at a lot. Yeah. And, and, uh, but that <laughs> is interesting, and it does sort of call for an explanation. Yeah. Like, why is it like that? Yeah. And I think you have an interesting point. Yeah. Sacrifice, yeah. humility, and mm-hmm. it's probably now the why. You, yeah. Now, when you say that the instrument is so hard, yeah, uh, what do you what do you mainly seeing you know, the difficulty? Just physical level? physical deterioration resulting from the instrument. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're it's heavy lifting yeah. in a way, absorbing like force through yeah. small muscles. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, over long periods of time, repeatedly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the struggle for for intonation. Yeah. Um, the struggle with gravity. Um, yeah. Struggle struggle with tempos. Mm-hmm. Um, body probably wasn't built to play the upright bass. Um, yeah. Some people can. Some people can, find a way to do it, mm-hmm. and they're celebrated. You know. Yeah. They're f- celebrated. Their bodies are celebrated. You know. Yeah. So you, are there? I would assume for an instrument like that, and I think for a lot of instruments, yeah. uh, it's the case. Uh, sort of coping, physical coping mechanisms or uh, exercises mm-hmm. or methods to ease yeah. strain. Are you, do you follow sure, yeah. a regimen? Yeah, I'd love sure. to hear what it is because I love that kind of crap. Yeah, breath, uh, breath work with the mm-hmm. instrument. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm into Gary Peacock's um, technique of... of, of of applying almost no pressure and applying gradual minimal pressure mm-hmm. until a sound is produced with yeah. the left hand. Mm-hmm. So you train to uh, apply to 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 produce tone with as little exertion as possible, all up and down the. Um, that's a peacock thing. That's um, interesting yeah. because it's a. Uh, uh, I've spoken to violinists who talk like that, yeah. who are. 
Yeah, they're talking about that same thing of like, what is the what is the minimum? Mm -hmm. And to work inside that and then find what that parameter is. Mm -hmm. So you then apply that same ideology, but to yeah. a string <laughs> that you Stick, could pull yeah. a truck with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's heavy. And you got to train for the maximum too. Yeah. If you're gonna be a free improviser, mm -hmm. I think you have to train to. You got to see where your maximum output is mm -hmm. in, in the practice, wherever you're practicing. You have yeah. to practice um, your highest, your highest gear, your highest yeah. cylinder. Yeah. Um, so what, 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 what does it take to break down, or what? It, mm -hmm. When do you run out of oxygen? Yeah. You know, as a free improviser, like. And actually knowing that, mm -hmm. um, so training maximally and minimally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. I yeah. love what you're saying. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's very like the meat of the of the issue. Yeah. It, uh, because if you don't have that sorted, mm -hmm. then none of the none of the rest of it matters. No. Because you can't do it. No. Like physically, and so uh, I think a lot of people that play, I know myself, like I have a lot of shoulder things mm. I have to deal with because I reach forward right. and then do a lot of repetitive bullshit, and it's real hard on the shoulder. But uh, if you don't work it out, you can't do any of the shit. Because no. cause then your body's fucked up, you know, yeah. so that's yeah. interesting that, so is that, like, dealing with that, are these things that you sort of came up with on your own, is there a method that you were taught, or what's going on with that I think part? it's a combination of methods and, mm -hmm. and intuitive mm -hmm. practicing, and yeah. practicing like, like someone like Milo Fine might... Mm -hmm. Might prescribe, but also practicing like the the lead bass player of of the you know New York Philharmonic yeah. Orchestra might prescribe. So mm -hmm. you know. All right. Yeah. So you work it. You try to. Yeah. You try to just steal from sources. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Now here, now here's a related thing <laughs> that you might you might like yeah. to talk about is. Because what you're saying, I like it. I yeah. like what you're saying. <laughs> I relate to it. Yeah. And uh, there's an aspect to that that is ridiculous mm -hmm. and stupid. Yeah. Like, to to think about it so much. Yeah. Uh, when you're not doing it, you're listening to mm -hmm. other motherfuckers doing it. Yeah. Or... Vari variations of what that is yeah. and translating it back in and all this and then uh, I'm fascinated by that yeah. by that amount of I don't know effort I don't know what yeah. the right word is but involvement or yeah. whatever it's really substantial yeah. and then how do you how do you, you process that as far as what that leads to or what you want that to be or what keeps you in in the spot to do it you know what i yeah. mean because it's a the the um the world mm -hmm. isn't down no well and maybe so how do you, well yeah but you know what i'm yeah, saying I know what you mean, like man. Uh, like 
The we amount of people interested is statistically right. zero. We don't have the audience. We don't have the infrastructure. No. Yeah. But still, there's a there's the work that gets yeah. done, and so yeah. I'd be interested to hear you talk about that. What what is it about it that makes it the right thing for you? Um, well, it changed my life. It's number one mm -hmm. influence in total creative mm -hmm. outlook. Um, uh, music and music and improvisation mm -hmm. is foundational. So, um, um, and uh, I can work on the technique. I can um, I can learn. I can acquire the knowledge. But like, um, I like the attitude. You know, I mm -hmm. like the attitude that behind it. What is the attitude? What do you um, I think it's a combination of. Mm -hmm. um, preparation and discipline um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know sticking your middle finger up at mm -hmm. do you do you <laughs> relate to I'm curious this might seem yeah. off the track but do you do relate to stories or films yeah. about uh, I can't think of a good example other than Rocky yeah the, sure. the the boxing yeah, yeah, movie yeah. of yeah. The, do I relate it, to those those films as as toward being oh, a musician Paul man I when I get gigs that I care about and mm -hmm. maybe I'm off for a little bit I haven't been playing going to mm -hmm. school work whatever yeah um, and I get gigs that I care about a couple mm -hmm. weeks out mm -hmm. my mentality is like a fighter in a training camp mm -hmm. I'm like what the, the fuck do I have to do to be ready to show up on that night that I think about it like entering training camps okay now I'll tell you a thing. is that trippy I don't know I've never asked anybody that question <laughs> but I'm like that yeah man I'm when I when I I think because it's it's solitary yeah in my case and with you uh, tonight as well it's a big part of what you do and it's you're working without a net. Mm -hmm. You're you're. It's just you to mm -hmm. carry what it is, and I think there's an equal intensity. Yeah. Even though it might sound mental because it's boxing. No man, I think the but par I, I think like the parallels are sharp, man. Yeah. Um, that narrative arc into the into the performance. And, yeah. Um, there are certain things I do before every every performance uh -huh. and ones I really care about yeah. there are things that I do more intensely right on um, yeah uh, because I mean Linz when I was when I was 15 years old I was at his, in his apartment taking a lesson mm -hmm. and he t he said he was like this is what this is he said this is what this is it's like you prepare you train you practice it's like and you go out there you go out there every single night and you play at the highest energy level possible and then you do that night after night after night, and you're like, "That's what this music is." Mm -hmm. All right. You got <laughs> It's interesting because there's, uh, like, when I've gone to see cats play, I think I feel weird because sometimes I'll note someone's kind of like the phrase is like phoning it in, yeah, or like they're not. Mm -hmm. How do you react to that when you? I don't you're know. 
What is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's freaky to me. Yeah. Does it throw you off or? No, no, man. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't seek that the, those type of artists, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like all or nothing at all. I, I, what, what are you doing? I think so. If I don't know the other thing, I don't know what that is, and it seems like it may be something different. I think that's the ticket we bought with this music. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. we got. Um, well, that's the the price we pay for with this music. Mm-hmm. With other music, you can you can um, um, express like without full purpose and without. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I think that's our that's our mm. that's, that's our, the path. That's yeah. our debt, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so for uh, we're kind of winding up okay. here a little bit, but if I could get a word or two out of you about the practice of improvisation and yeah. and sort of traveling within what that is, it's very different than what other motherfuckers do. Yeah. Uh, and just. W- your take on it pitfalls technique yeah uh divine intervention where where are you at when yeah it's time to go yeah um it's a balance between discipline and experimentation and i've i've had to find my own um um, specific um um, versions of both of those things and i think people have to too Mm-hmm. So. How did you go about that? Just through, through trying a, different ways, through experience and humiliation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do. And success, and, <laughs> yeah. and power, and powerlessness, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, discipline and experimentation, uh-huh. and then a very like particular singular version of both of those for every yeah. musician. I don't think you can anybody can give that to you, and if you want that, you know. Go go play a different type of music. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh it's not for sale. No, you can't get it. No, and uh, it's fascinating to me, the world of the improviser. And uh, I'll just ask, like, where where do you see yourself rolling? Like, mm-hmm. we're here this evening. You're mm-hmm. gonna play tonight. Do you have ideas or thoughts about where you? might end up d- down the road a little bit put together uh, a group yeah. or something or where are you at in the future I'll be here I'll be playing and, and writing and living and uh huh yeah alright writing words and maybe music and yeah, yeah. alright I'll be so. around thank you Paul yeah man really cool yeah. good talking yeah man really good yeah alright hopefully you got enough time to yeah get set Interview with contrabass player Sam Worthington. Generous enough to sit down with us, share his thoughts, feelings, sensitivities with you, the interested listener. I hope that you could dig it. Sam Worthington, a bread base.
Skyber Pass Cafe Music Series Podcast. As always, brought to you by the Kyber Pass Cafe, located on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, conveniently positioned at Snelling and Grand Avenues. Voted number one, Middle Eastern restaurant in the Twin Cities, 2019. Until next time, this is Paul Metzger bidding you so long.